And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining this week. We greatly appreciate it. We are here having a beer, going to have some good conversation. Now, a warning. If you saw our marketing or social media posts leading up to this show, we mentioned that we were going to have Larry Horvitz joining us today. Larry had a last-minute emergency, and he had to cancel. So we are calling this episode Winging It with the Beer Guys. Uh, But we do have some hot topics to cover. We got some great stuff. Uh, Of course, I'm Tim Dennis. I'm here. Brian Hewitt is here with me. Mo Mike Nate is here with me. And Smalls is here. I was called in. (laughs) We're we're doing. So I've got a Beeps beer here. Beeps from our from three taverns. uh, Just a good old classic lager. And for those that are not watching the live stream, Beeps is uh, Smalls is rocking a Beeps T-shirt as well. So she's doubling up on the Beeps there. Uh, beer flavored I mean, beer such great advertising for that the old the old retro throwback stuff <laughs> yeah i love the re- i love retro stuff that's i'm very into uh retro futuristic i i don't know if that's the exact term that they use for it like like the fallout video games for anybody familiar with those it it had that a very 50s lifestyle kind of feel but they also have like nuclear powered cars and all of that and you know there's a tv shows just anything that uh has that retro futuristic vibe to it or just plain retro. Like I sometimes go on YouTube and I'll watch commercials from the fifties just because I'm weird. So steampunk with nukes basically. And I think it is called retro futurism. Yeah. 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 So it's cool. Brian, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So we've got, uh, as you were saying, we've got some interesting news this week. We've got some actually pretty big news about breweries changing hands. A lot of them is madness. I've got some, uh, Interesting stuff about uh, sales and of beer in Germany, and uh, I mean we've got some other topics on the board. Perhaps a a fish board or a butter board. Probably not a butter butter board. Yeah, yeah, who knows? What's... I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, we've we've got a full house. It's all all the beer guys are here. Yes, in in yes. the uh, virtual studio. They are and the ju- gender neutral, all inclusive yes. guys. Yes. All yes. guys, right? <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Awesome, Nate. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's been kind of a long week. I'm surprised that we made it to the next Wednesday, but we're here and uh, we're winging. And I looks like we made it. Looks like we made it. We and have made smalls. it. How in the heck are you? It's good to have you here. I'm good. I am wonderful. I, I actually I want to reach out to the listeners and ask them for recommendations when I go to Brazil in a couple of weeks and Brazil? to the UK for a couple of weeks. So if you have any recommendations for breweries, please let me know so I can check them out. Yeah, I don't know about Brazil, but I know we got people in the network that'll be able to help you with UK there. So, For sure, yeah. And look, Smalls, you're already getting votes of confidence here. It says we're not winging it if Smalls is on board. So we're we're great you here. Just, you, just got, you, so you just got to get ready to beep me out. No, no, you got to behave. You have behaved. Yeah. Behave. It's so hard. I mean, I've got my so. angel's envy here. I got my beep spear. I'm I'm double fisted. Margaritas, whiskey. Oh yeah, margaritas earlier. It's been, I mean, it's just been a go. day. Yeah, I, I have to tell you all later. It's been a day. <laughs> okay, I may just want to mute you now and leave it that way through the show, right? So like, I could just sit here. and look pretty. That's that's she's all I do here. during the day job too. Yeah, so it's fine. there you go. That's sometimes you got to do it. But that's basically a boilermaker. So beeps and uh, what was it? What was Angel's the Angel's Envy? Angel's Envy. Yeah. Or yeah. is it the rye or the bourbon? The bourbon. The bourbon. Okay. I like cool, the rye cool, more, but cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on. Well, the, I the bought this because nice. of the the side project I'm working on right now. I needed the the mm-hmm. label art. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is it? That's almost done. Is yours crochet or knitting? 
I'm crochet. Always, I'm an crochet. old lady. Okay. I crochet. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you haven't seen any of Smalls's work, um, she did a Jeff Goldblum blanket. Yes. Went viral, didn't it? You yeah, got, it went viral on Reddit. It went viral. It went viral. Yeah. I've done. God, I've done a lot of random stuff. I did Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. That's right. Yes. I did. Yeah. Uh, oh goodness, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. The the gals from the. Oh, God, was the, the witches movie that's very popular at Halloween. Oh, what is that? Is it uh, called Witches? No. <laughs> I, don't know I, what I, can't, I can't believe <laughs> I can't. Yeah. No. I can't it's remember. Not, is it Wicked? No, that's no, not Wicked. It's got, um, oh. Nate, Google that one Halloween movie with witches. I bet it Yes, that up. I did. I this is terrible. It is, so. I'm a terrible movie. It's got old girl from Sex in the Bette City. Midler, right? Yeah, yes. Bette Midler, Bette Midler, Sex in the City. Yeah. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, the Hocus Pocus blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you Good look for stuff. Halloween movies, you just get all the Halloween movies. You see it yep. literally Halloween. So Yep, yep. And uh yeah, the Angels Envy one. I've seen progress picks and that looks really, really cool. Yeah, that one's been Good. been challenging and fun. I thought the Hocus Pocus one was was terrible, but no, this this one's been a next level of cussing. Next it's fine. It's, I, I, I I I crochet with cussing, not with love. The same way I don't cook with love, I cook with cussing. <laughs> So Smalls, that kind of ties into something we were going to talk about today, because you talk about crocheting with cussing. And I've seen some of your posts and your memes and everything. Any hobby has its underbelly, I'm going to say. You know, you've got your memes, you've got your inside jokes, you've got things like that. And I stumbled on one the other day that I had no idea existed. I didn't think it would exist, but Brian and I have been on a seafood quest lately. And we I know. Where's my invite? Yeah, we'll give you a shout. You'll have to go next. So there's this place in Atlanta. For those that aren't in Atlanta, there's a place in Atlanta called Fishmonger. And they've got a few locations, but they have stuff like flown in daily, fresh, super fresh oysters and all this stuff. And we've eaten there a lot. And they had a selection of tinned seafood there. And, you know, like sardines and also, you know, octopus, squid, just pretty much any kind of seafood. Oysters. And I've heard in Spain that this isn't anything new, that a lot of the tapas places there, you'll go in and there'll be wine and just a selection of these 10 seafoods around it. But anyhow, I discovered, because I've started eating a little more 10 seafood, that there is the underbelly of that too, like people who are obsessive about it. And like we joke about our beer sellers being full of beer and they're joking about their, I saw a meme where it showed someone kind of giving someone stink eye and it says, my cans of sardines when I go out and buy more sardines. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a beer seller. You know, that's exactly the way that I've works. I've got a but... sardine seller. Yeah. I, I, yeah. All right. When the apocalypse happens, we're all going to have our different tribes. So you got the beer tribe, you're going to have yeah. the, the tin seafood tribe. We're all going to be trading and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, we'll have to come together. We'll have to use a, our, we'll have to activate our wonder twin powers to bring yes. together. But man, we are going to eat good. When we oh, get it, yeah, when we yes. get everybody together, but beefs will be the note, currency. Brian, I did a little googling today, as I'm known to do, at pairing beer and various tinned seafoods there. So I've got some of my own ideas on this, but I also found some from the internet. People who were well versed in both seafood and beer, tinned seafood and beer, and as with anything, Reddit has a subreddit for tinned seafood. I believe it's called Canned Sardines. And they were talking about there's a group out in Las Vegas that has a monthly like 10 fish club and they met at a brewery there. So they did beer and various 10 fish pairings. I'm like, that's so cool. I'm going to have to pester one of the brewers here in Atlanta 
to do something like that. I bet we can make that happen. But Brian, did you have something to add there, sir? I was just thinking, let's let's bring Kolsch service and seafood service together. Yeah. So they bring around a tin of seafood and a Kolsch Absolutely. until you turn your coaster over. <laughs> I'm in. You know what? There's a good Sorry. idea. We'll get with the guys at Halfway Crooks and we'll see if we can turn the beer garden into uh, yeah. a tin fish service there. But, and I don't think you need to even refrigerate it. So easy enough. They just need boxes yeah, and boxes of sardines and they could just like, would you look care for some sardines with your Kolsch? That's it, man. And, you know, it'd be easy enough to price out a ticket there. Maybe that's it. We've talked about beer festivals and how experiences are more the thing now than just a let's chug beer kind of fest. You want to go for something with a meaning. And uh, maybe we can add in some tin seafood. I wonder if we can get with Todd over at uh, over oh, Bond. Good word yeah. for Le Bond to see if we can get a tin seafood table out there. So, Maybe we have to set it up. We may have to do it. Yeah, you get a beer guy sticker. Yes. You get some tin seafood. We'll get a piece of tape, a piece of your blue painters tape you care everywhere and put and seafood and put that on our tent. Yeah. Beer guys radio and seafood. And seafood. So, yeah. But Brian, Smalls, Nate, pairings. And Nate, I know this is going to do you absolutely no good because I imagine you'd rather poke your own eyes out than to yep. eat a can of fish. <laughs> absolutely yeah I've, Smalls, i have zero you, experience with any of this what do you think about it sardines kippers smoked oysters that kind oh of thing. yeah I'll, I'll eat it like i love seafood i mean i prefer the fresh seafood but you right. go and you get the can it's fine I'll, I'll i'll definitely eat it like i'm not opposed to it yeah. like i was just thinking the other day i was like man right now is is shrimp season right now in georgia i really yeah. need to get me some shrimp throw it on the, the grill and yeah i'm digging yep. it you know something I found out talking about the freshness. Some of these tin seafoods, like the higher quality brands, they're good. I mean, it doesn't have the same consistency as like a fresh grilled piece mm-hmm. of fish or something, but quality wise, they're up there. But anyhow, uh, looking at canned seafood and beer pairings, Brian, it's suggesting we were going to pair this up with Larry's beer that he sent us. We'll hold that for when he gets on the show, but. Like a real oily fish, a Bavarian Weiss beer or a wit beer, a Belgian wit was recommended there. You know, I guess kind of cut the oil. You've got something there to go with it. Uh, For lighter flavored fish, uh, someone said just a basic Pilsner would be good. Um, My my opinion, I think a Saison or a Goose would be really nice, you know, with some lighter fish there. I would would challenge it and try and get stronger seafood because I think there may be a point where you need to go from the Saison to the Goose to have the higher acidity to cut that. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind playing around a little bit to see, you know, what they had there um, to get that. And then uh, meteor, stronger fish, smoked fish, or uh, what they call a conserva, like with mussels or oysters. Uh, a stout was recommended. You know, maybe something like a Guinness. You know, a good drinkable stout, a brown ale, something along those lines. And I read uh, for something like a heavily brined fish, something maybe packed, you know, in it in a heavy brine, very salty an American pale ale and they made a note, get the freshest American pale ale you can get and don't step it up to the IPA. You don't want the hops level or the bitterness that far, but you want that, you know, the hop tones there to help you kind of cut that saltiness. So Brian, any thoughts on that? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was thinking with the heavily brined fish, if you go for the like for like thing, I just a if you can still find them, might be hard to find something that's not from Europe, but just a plain Goza with a little bit of a salinity in the beer to see. I would try that just to see what that's like. And salt just on the, salt. That sounds the like different. for like. And I think that you, you'd find that the, 
other notes of the Goza would come out because the brine would kind of cancel out that uh, any salinity that's there. Now, it, the salinity itself may just be enough to give you body, but if you go for like the Westbrook Goza, it's yeah. it's a potent thing. So it'd be really interesting to go with one of those as long as you can handle all the sodium just to see what does the goza taste like when you pair it with something super briny that do you get something out of that goza that you wouldn't ordinarily notice because i think you would and okay. i've all, and i my other thought was they it makes sense to go with the stout with the like the oysters because don't people do a lot of oyster stouts already oyster so stout, i'm like yeah. if that you were brine kind of a given that's one thing, you know, even talking with the briny fish, you know, that 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 brininess of the oysters pairs well with the stout. So rather than an American Pale Ale, maybe get you a nice stout with a good roasty character to it there. Yeah, you know, that would be that good. May, that would probably go well. Actually, I want to try that now. I think that that would be good. So Smalls, you have any thoughts on any of that madness? I do, because I think if you start pairing the Goza, the lemon's going to come out a little bit more. Because the salt yeah. and the salt's going to, you know, kind of cancel each other out. And of course, as Brian has mentioned, the the oyster stouts and things of that nature, I think those would go well. Okay, so the next time you're at my house, we're going to do this. We're going to just do a whole bunch of tin fish pairings. I'm in. Or Nate, I'm I see in. Nate's face, and he's against it. So well, I mean, I'll show up, <laughs> well, but I'm not going to do we'll, anything. We'll have other pairings for you, yeah. but yes, for yeah. the three of our, us weirdos, but we're going to do that. We'll, we'll get attendees there for you, Nate. We'll Some get a tin. But the tin will have only goldfish crackers in it, so he can play along. <laughs> yes. Yeah, easy enough. You know, I know that Nate is a fan of those peanut butter filled pretzels, so we get a yeah. we get a bucket <laughs> of those, and he won't care about our tin fish party yeah, at all. Shape them like fish, <laughs> Nate. What's a good beer to pair with peanut butter pretzels? Oh man, um, gosh, my first thought was actually going with. Just like a regular light lager, like boots. Honestly, I would do okay. boots with peanut butter because I don't want that. I think that peanut butter would dominate any sort of hop flavor of an IPA. Uh, but I actually had an idea for a fish pairing, even though I'm not into fish. Tell us about it. And we got to hear it. Man. I got to hear it. I was gonna take like a a, a grisette. Um, so yeah. you know, it's got a little wheat, and I was thinking about mixing that with either pairing that with either the oily fish or even a light lighter flavored fish. I think I think okay. I'm down with trying that out. And you know what, Nate? Uh, serious with your pretzels and peanut butter, it's almost stepping into the season for the, or it is into Oktoberfest season. And a Mars or a Fest beer would actually pair really darn nice with that. So I just didn't want to insult you with suggesting that before. <laughs> it's, it's fine. We we'll, we can put it on the list for September first. It's too there, late so. to trigger us because we've already seen so we've much triggering so material. We've already been media. triggered. It's Everybody's yeah. talking about. Uh, I actually walked through a package, uh, a beer store earlier today, and it was multiple displays of pumpkin beers. And I was like, what? What? What's going on? It's yeah. it's so hot. It's August. Mm -hmm. No pumpkins. No pumpkins. But stouts, Not even Oktoberfest okay. is pumpkins. Yeah. That's where I was okay. I feel a little hypocritical because I'm so adamant on the seasonality of stuff like Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. But I do give stouts, but stouts are they're year round. There are stouts. I'll give you that. The other day, I was like, "Man, I could really go for a stout." I know it's ninety, yeah. but I just I just I'm digging a stout right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah, I had the stuff. other the other feeling. I usually am game for a stout anytime. I drank a stout recently, and I think maybe it was because of the heat or just I don't know the the fatigue of all the in intensity of the beer. It just didn't taste good. I'm like, man, I would kill. I would. 
I would kick a baby to get a Pilsner right now. So kick how a baby did you for a Pilsner. It? That did should be a T-shirt. I would kick a baby for a Pilsner. Yeah, kick a baby for a Pilsner. <laughs> I mean, I would wear that. I don't think my brother would be happy right now because he just had a baby. I, so you didn't, I didn't say it was your particular baby. I know, just one I mean, in the generic. Poor niece, but I would totally wear that. Yeah. It'd be wear it with holding the baby. Get a picture holding the baby with that shirt. And see, Patrick, I wondered if you were going to pop in here when I said a stout for all seasons. I knew yes. uh, I knew that that may be there. So, yeah, we did. And I think we've shared this a few times. But we actually have a show out that we did called Stouts are for Summer. So, you know, we do allow them any time. But, uh, yeah, we're going to move along here. Brian, would you share with us the beers of the week? All righty. So for the beers of the week, uh, for my pregame beer, we were I was drinking a Deschutes Bitburger collaboration called Dry Hop Zwickle, which I've had before. It was quite nice. But I'm getting into now a dark lager from dark lager spelled as though I were harvesting logs as a uh, a woodsman from Myers Creek. And I believe they're out of New York, New York somewhere. I'm not very familiar with the brewery. But it's a dark lager made with 100% New York State ingredients and Cascade hops that are grown on the brewery's property, which is pretty cool. And I'm drinking that now. It's it's pretty enjoyable. I also picked up something else, and this is not something I even looked for. It just uh, I'm still part of a beer sub- subscription program that my sister signed me up for. It's uh, Decadent Ales ACDC Power Up Juicy IPA, which is a collaboration with, I think, the band, or it's inspired by their... Uh, power up album that just recently came out and a number of breweries have done this, but uh, it's, you know, again, a juicy IPA, new England IPA, the, the big noteworthy thing there, of course, the ABV is 6.66%. So that's, it's gotta be edgy, man. It's gotta be. Um, uh, so Nate, you've got the, uh, the blue jacket, the both, the both melt. Is it, they both melt or the both melt? Uh, I probably mistyped that. Uh, they it's both a dunkle, melt, though. Yeah, it's a, no, it's, it's a they dunkle. both melt. Exactly. Yeah, and, you're, and you're working on, after that, an El Segundo. Greetings from El Segundo Anniversary Ale. It's a triple IPA. And uh, I know Tim and Becky both have been getting into Three Taverns Beeps, that, that wonderful throwback beer. And uh, I forgot to mention that we got to thank The Nest for sponsoring mm-hmm. this segment. And wonderful craft beer, wonderful barbecue. Uh, I love, you know what? I love the barbecue there. I really love the tap list. I heard people talking recently about how many, how many taps is the right amount of, of taps. And they were, somebody was saying, you know what? 10, 12. I'm like, that's what I want to see. Maybe if you go to a craft brewery, but when I am, uh, when I'm going to a place like an actual bar, beer bar, I'd like to see more than that. I like more mm-hmm. options because I want to see there's so much good beer out there. And uh, I know the Nest has got, I don't even know the number. Like, is it 30? I don't it's, know, it's, but they, they a, do a stellar job. And my favorite thing is when they do the the the, the chefs versus the brewers event once a year. Like, oh, oh yeah, such amazing food and the pairings and whatnot. Well, yeah, I, and I like that they, I like that you can get different size pours that they don't true. force you into a 16 ounce. You can try a four ounce of something that you're maybe on the fence about, or you can commit to a full 16. Absolutely. I do like that. And I do take advantage of that because you know what, if you're there and you've got a, you've got places you need to go and you have a lot of things, there's a lot of options, a lot of things you want to try, get half of a pour and uh, try all the things you want to try. And then 
They always have uh, cold brew coffee, and I believe it's the Apotheos coffee that they typically have on there. And so you, if you have a few and you want to make sure you're you know perked up and ready to go, or you just feel a little tired, get you get you a, a cold brew uh, uh, coffee on on tap there. So that's great. Um, of course, like I said, the barbecue is fantastic. The smoked wings are are wonderful. Enjoy the ribs, and uh, you just can't go wrong with anything. I know they're doing a, uh, a a bunch of deals for lunch right now, like a bunch of uh, like less lunch lunch priced menu items, which makes people happy. So that's that's available uh, all throughout the week. So. You need to drop by, check it out, check them out, have fun, do some trivia, do whatever they're uh, whatever they have to be doing, yeah, that week. So, cheers to the nest! And uh, did anybody else have any beers that I missed? Smalls, did you have anything else? No, no, I was drinking beeps, and like I said, I, I I'm double fisting whiskey with, with whiskey on the other side too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got <laughs> trying to put hair on my chest so I can be a real guy. That's that's uh, what we're doing. There you go. <laughs> Then, then we will be saying guys with no sense of irony whatsoever. That's right. So, yeah, there'll be no questions. Well, we'll be past that. Indeed. So I think we're going to move on um, into the the next story. Tim seems to be having a little uh, technical difficulties, but uh, Tilray Brands. If you guys have heard of them, you probably have. They're they've been big in the news this week. They are buying eight beer and beverage companies from Anheuser Busch. Eight of them. Wow. Um, Tilray Brands, of course, is the cannabis lifestyle company that already owns Atlanta Sweetwater Brewing, Alpine Beer, Green Flash, and Montauk Brewing Company. The uh, the the breweries that they are buying from AB InBev include Shock Top, which is the biggest. They're producing 170,000 barrels of beer in 2022, so that's a huge buy. Breckenridge Brewery, Blue Point Brewery, Ten Barrel Brewing, Red Hook Brewery, Widmere Brothers, Widmere Brothers Brewing, and Oh, two more square mile cider company and highball energy uh, company, which was dis- actually discontinued in May, May. So they bought a brand that's no longer being produced at the moment. So the Tilray CEO says this move solidifies their national leadership position and share in the U.S. craft beer brewing market and is a major step forward in their diversification strategy. Assuming the transaction goes off without a hitch. They will. This will make Tilray the fifth largest craft beer brewer in the U.S., and they will have a five percent share of the craft uh, beer market. Now, I say craft, and craft's kind of in quotes here because they haven't really been any of those have been craft in quite a while. They will also go from selling four million cases annually with this to uh, up to twelve million. So it's uh, a f- they're tripling their their cases being sold. The transaction includes all the current employees, breweries, and brew pubs associated with these brands. So they get the whole thing. The purchase price paid in cash and the, the transaction, the purchase is being paid in cash. And it's it's uh, reported to be $85 million uh, for the deal. And it's expected to close uh, by the by the end of this year. And it's a heck of a deal because Tilray spent $300 million on Sweetwater alone in 2020. So they're getting eight different uh, properties for $85 million. So it sounds like a heck of a deal to me, but what do you guys think? Is this, is this smart in 2023 or are they buying sinking ships? Or are they buying a bunch of uh, uh, kind of pun, not intended, but sort of intended anchors, basically bone anchors. What do you mm-hmm. think? So I think it is. So I know there's a lot of nuance to all of this, but I saw something on uh, Twitter, where they said that the price they paid for this whole portfolio was actually less than what AB had paid for like one of the craft breweries before. Yes. So 
Um, I am curious, Brian, did you see anything? Why did they buy, buy a brand that was defunct? Why didn't they just, are they planning on reviving? Was there any information on that? So there's a lot, there's a lot going into this. Um, I think that it was hinted at that they may have just started with looking at buying Breckenridge initially because they already own, I think they own a property called Breckenridge Distilling and I don't think it has any relationship to Breckenridge. And I think as negotiations, negotiations went on, a lot more things were being added to, well, what, what can we get and swapping and whatnot? I don't know. I think that, ah, I think that part of it is the highball energy. They're looking at the future with the possibility of creating beverages that include some form of cannabis in them and uh, facilities that will make that easier for them to jump on that market when we finally completely legalize, you know, marijuana, which likely is going to happen you beverage know, facilities that aren't yeah. producing alcohol basically that they exactly exactly and that's that, so so that's that was one of the things they have capacity with that they've got names that they can use uh intellectual property there that they could use and maybe they could throw a little c i don't know if you can legally do it now but maybe throw cbd into an energy drink so you're energetic but relaxed i guess i don't i don't, I don't know. know seems no count, counterproductive there to me but it does uh, kind of yeah if the price is right, I see that that can be a good deal. And here's my thinking as someone who has no idea what he's talking about or a little idea what he's talking about. Since they have several breweries, they could technically close a physical location and keep the brand going. So it's not like they're straddled with a single location. It's like this location produces this brand. If we can't afford to keep this facility open, then this brand goes away or we contract it out or something like this. With this kind of deal with having a huge portfolio like this, they don't have to make that decision. If one particular brewery is just not cutting it, you know, that they're not doing enough in the tap room, it's just not worth it. They could close that physical location and still carry on that brand at one of their other breweries. Like we've seen sure. here in Atlanta, Brian, with Sweetwater, we go down to the Sweetwater brewery there and there's, you know, Green Flash and Alpine on the taps now. And I think I saw someone comment that Montauk is on down there now as well, since that's Wouldn't another brand that, that they yeah. picked up. As I was browsing the internet, looking at at comments and discussions and all of this, almost every one of those brands had somebody that said they loved so and so and missed so and so. You know, Widmere has the Hefeweizen that that's popular, and others. I think it was uh, was it Widmere that did the Burr and the Bourbon, like B R R. Yes, I believe so. I had it. Yeah, someone had commented one of those about for the longest those. time. Yeah. And, you know, someone else mentioned uh, it was a discussion on Twitter today, I think maybe amongst uh, some of the guys from Good Beer Hunting that um, Shock Top is popular. You can you can hate it all you want to. You can say whatever you want, but consumers buy Shock Top. So, you know, yep. as as beer geeks and that, you know, the Blue Moons and the Shock Tops of the world may not excite us, but that doesn't mean they're not popular with the average consumer out there so my overall take on this brian is if they got the right price on it and they got all of those brands in a bundle deal for a good price each of those has some loyalty and some fans of certain beers and if they do things right they've done fairly well with sweet water yes. considering a pretty tough climate out there and when they first acquired uh sweet water i think it was at afria maybe was yeah, that the afria. company before yeah. tilray but I was on the call where they talked about that transition. I mean, they've got huge plans, the U.S. and abroad. They're U.S., they're Canada, they're European. And, you know, they were talking about, they like in Europe, some they do milk and stuff over there. So, you know, there's milk, milk with THC. You know, maybe, maybe that can help your lactose tolerance, Brian. 
That may be. At least forget make about my, it. <laughs> make my digestive system just relax about the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't handle lactose, but chill, man. Just chill. Yeah. And Rich, Rich here says he's like, it's a good investment. He's like, Brian, you're right. They're positioning for the future. You know, there's a lot that can. Uh, there's a lot that they can do. So far, what they have done has seemed to be fairly good moves. So, uh, you know, I may eat these words in a year because craft beer is known to do that. But it looks like these guys know what they're up to there. Yeah, they have reportedly. I don't have the figures in front of me, but I was I had seen somewhere that they had actually grown the sales. Sweetwater had been flat prior to the purchase and it had actually grown. But yeah. they also hugely in, increased the distribution of Sweetwater by opening up the, uh, the 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 Colorado facility. Yeah, and effectively, they've just bought two of these properties, including Widmere and I think the Cider Place. I'm not a hundred percent sure about it. I don't know that one, but they bought a couple of they bought facilities in in. Portland, Oregon, which is a huge beer right. town. So yeah. I'm a Sweetwater. A Sweetwater IPA would sell reasonably well there, I think, especially if you were in a tap room that had 10 barrel. 10 barrels, the other one, I think. Widmere and 10 barrel. Uh, 10 barrel would is fairly popular. So if they had 10 barrel stuff and they had Sweetwater and they had Green Flash and they had Alpine, I think you'd get people in there and people would drink all of those things. So that would appeal to that, that demographic. And you've got... Uh, uh, some some New England stuff that uh, opens that market up for them to get all of their brands into. So anything that they make, they can they can sell from any of these tap rooms potentially. So they've just right. their distribution ex, it just explodes. So theory, I mean, this looks really smart. But again, we've seen other big you know behemoths come together and just not work out. You know, sure, we've, we've yeah, just it's a, and with all of that said, here the market is different. And continues to change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to see, you know, how all that goes. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. Anytime you go to the Sweetwater Brewery in Atlanta, it's packed. You know, it's oh, packed. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, you know. I mean, I remember going to my brewery. first, like, just event or, like, charity event was at, at Sweetwater before I even really yeah. got into craft beer. Like, it was very popular back in the 2000s. The aughts. Yeah. Back <laughs> aughts. in the aughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, we've seen Sweetwater grow up from, they basically own the better part of a city block mm -hmm. now in Atlanta, a fairly large campus that they have there. And I remember going there when it was the one building and that was everything. That was the warehouse, the brew house, you know, the storage and everything. And now they've got, you know, they opened the Woodlands, which originally was going to be like a mixed firm and sour and barrel aged thing. And, you know, it's still producing those, but I don't think it's quite as featured as it as it was you know i think uh those wild mixed ale beers i think their moment passed a little bit there's still people that are fans but you know not like it was say four or five years ago you know it's for those it, kind of it kind of sad yeah, yeah. i'd love for but, that to come uh, back i really would I, everything's cyclical i'm sure it'll come back sure it'll do the rounds there that's we're back to drinking beer flavored beer now you know so yeah that, i mean that, I'm, kind people, I'm kind of okay with the, that honestly the full <laughs> and people right. are drinking chocolate martinis again so like we're that's back, right the espresso martinis espresso exactly. martinis yeah, yeah espresso martinis my bad yeah. yes <laughs> which those were good i've never had one i was very i liked it it was See? very good yeah yeah i remember gosh oh I guess it would have been 20-ish years ago, maybe the tail end of the last time espresso martinis were cool, but I went to an event at the Fox Theater. I think I went to see Cats, actually, back with uh, huh. when I was married. So with my now ex-wife, we went down to see Cats, and that was one of the featured drinks there, and we thought we were cool. We're at the, we're at the theater having espresso martinis. So oh, was, the uh, Fox is on my list right now. 
Oh, more story. stories. So many stories. So <laughs> many it's stories. been a week. Yeah. Yeah. So fun stuff. But yeah. Yeah. That's that's my thoughts on all that, Brian. I the only reason I ever stopped drinking espresso martinis is I was buying a pre-made mixer from back in the day from I think it's like Cost Plus World Market. They had an espresso martini. They used to have a whole lineup of different martinis, I think, way, way back when martinis were last hot. And it, it dwindled down to just that one, but I would still buy it because I would, it was easy. I would just mix that with, I think, vodka or whatever. And I don't even know if I put it on ice or if I actually put it in a martini glass occasionally, but I drank it all the time because I love coffee. And it, like this, this is coffee plus sugar and vodka, basically. It's, yeah. this is fantastic. I love it. And then that disappeared because apparently I was the only one buying it. So I forgot about it until just recently, until it came back. And I'm, I'm happy to see it again. And, I am not ashamed at all about it. I've been a fan since way back when. Back in the day, Brian was That's drinking right. the espresso martinis. I was. And he had no beard. beard yeah. You know, Brian. I didn't. Just, yeah. just a little goatee. <laughs> thing I had the goatee. Yeah. Just a little goatee. Little well, Brian, Brian. Uh, it seems like things are tough all over for beer these days. Even our friends across the pond are having some struggles, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. We found out recently that beer sales in Germany are down uh, kind of considerably. That's uh, this is after a brief rebound at the beginning of the year following the lifting of the COVID restrictions. Sales dropped 1.2. I'm sorry. Sales dropped to 1.1 billion gallon, gallons in January to June period. I'm having real trouble with that. So they galleons, dropped to 1. Spanish galleons full of right, beer. Dropped in Spanish, Spanish galleons. It's a two percent nine, a two point nine percent lower than the previous year. I just am having all kinds of trouble with this. Uh, this figure includes both domestic sales and exports of German beer, but also beer imported from other UE, EU. You, man, I, I <laughs> I'm loving dyslexic. this. Yeah. I'm loving this. Did you so, have the picture of margaritas? Because right. I thought I was going to have them. I think by osmosis, I must have. It's all the thinking about espresso martinis. So all of these figures uh, include uh, beers imported from EU countries into Germany. So interestingly, the figures do not include non-alcoholic beer. Uh, sales inside Germany are down 3.5% and they account for 82% of the total that's figured into this, but exports were only down slightly with a 0.4% decline. In comparison to a decade ago, 2013, for people who don't want to do the math, beer sales are down a whopping 12.2%, though non-alcoholic beer sales are double what they were in 2013, which sounds really good. But unfortunately, non-alcoholic beer sales only make up about 5% of the total beer sales in Germany. The statistics office blames the cool weather in the spring and the persistently high inflation for the current decline in beer sales. It's hurting both consumers who have less money to spend and breweries who are having a, a tough time dealing with the increased expenses across the board. They realize they can't just take all of these expenses and put them on the consumer because the consumer is shy about paying... The, more for anything really so if you want to continue selling your beer you have to swallow some of that so uh you know the german beer export sales are still fairly strong comparatively do you guys have a favorite german beer and what was the last one you had anybody See, i try i try and be quiet so others can talk but uh why you gotta put me you on know the i'll just give well brian again <laughs> in, in three weeks the Oktoberfest are going to be here. That's so true. I'm going to go, you know, you got uh, 
Uh, oh, the, the please invite me. You not? I want some schnitzel. You gotta wait a minute. I'm in the middle of saying. <laughs> okay, talk. I'm in the middle of talking here. <laughs> so that's my favorite time of the year for German yeah. beers, Brian. And uh, you know what? They got great lagers and all that. But to be honest, I find a lot of lagers here that I like anyhow. So seasonally, I'm a seasonal German beer drinker. So yeah. Yeah. Like all right, Warsteiner. Nate. Gonna... Yeah. Oh, Warsteiner. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Smalls. Yeah. Any other ones? Warsteiner. Oh, God. Why are you putting me on the spot? Go talk to Nate. <laughs> I gave you a minute. All right. I'm putting Nate on the spot. Nate, favorite German beer? You know, I, I think it's the worst honor, but the Dunkel. Because uh, case in point, I'm drinking a Dunkel right now. But I agree with you, Tim. I find myself being a seasonal German beer drinker. And it's because yeah. when those uh, when those Marzins and... Uh, yeah, that's a good one, too, Brian. That's a really it's, good one, too, for our It's our a Bitburger, not for those viewers. not it's watching. A it's a, he's holding up a Bitburger. I was, yeah. I, when Nate, when yeah. Nate was done, I was going to say that my, not even guilty pleasure anymore, I've just I'm fully in on board with the uh, the Bit, Bitburger Pilsner. I happen to be drinking a collaboration with them right now, but the regular Bitburger Pilsner is is by far my favorite German beer right now. So I just, I, I get that pretty regularly and just Anytime I need a, just a good crisp German, you know, Pilsner, that's what I'm going for. So, yes, Brian, I I also love a good German Pils, although I don't drink them much. I love a good German Oktoberfest. And Brian, you know, let's say I wanted to go somewhere that had like maybe craft beer and food trucks and see if they had something German on tap. Do you have any suggestions for where I could go? Well, you know, you know, a place that you could go truck and tap. Yeah. You know, speaking of truck and tap last week, I was talking about this fun new game I'm calling truck and tap roulette. And uh, I haven't had a chance to try it in real life yet, but uh, I did play the home game this week. A dry run, if you will. I picked the location nearest to me. Turns out it's Alpharetta. It's a bit closer to me than like the Woodstock, the Duluth and the Lawrenceville locations. Then I got a random number between one and 20. That uh, that came up with three, which was uh, Victory's Golden Monkey on tap three at uh, the Alfreda Truck and Tap. And uh, I got to say, I approve. I'm happy with Lady Luck's decision on that. And it made to make things even more interesting because they've got the truck there and I have the ability to summon multiple random numbers. I picked another random number. And uh, from the, uh, the the burger food truck that happens to be there, I got a blue cheese portobello burger which made this the easiest decision ever. Will the combination of the Victory Golden Monkey and the, the, the Blue Cheese Portobello uh, Burger work? I have no idea. There's only one way to find out. But, of course, you don't have to play games to have a good time at Truck and Tap. They do have 20 beers on tap to choose from, and you don't even have to leave it up to fate. You can always check what's pouring before you visit by going to truckandtap.com, or you can go with wine or spirits if you prefer. You can, those are available as well. And uh, you did hear that right earlier. They do have a Lawrenceville location now, and that beer list is looking just so strong right now. They have a Braxis on the list. I saw an IPA from Weldworks. They have a great stop from Variant that I would very much like to be drinking right now. So definitely stop by the Lawrenceville truck, truck and tap when you're in the area. And if you're not in the area, come up with a reason to go to Lawrenceville and check it out. So truckandtap.com. That is exactly what I was looking for, Brian. I appreciate yeah. that bit of information. That would be very helpful. You know, uh, Alfred isn't too far for me. Lawrenceville is a little bit further, but the battery in Atlanta oh, is not battery. too far for me. You know, I'm just off the interstate here. I can take a straight shoot, shot down there. And when I go to the battery, 
I'm always wanting some barbecue, Brian. So I head over to the Terrapin Brewery Atlanta, partnered up with Fox Brothers Barbecue. And Brian, every now and then they run a special where they have deep fried ribs on their country fried, country fried ribs. So they take their smoke ribs, batter them up, country fry them. It's it's insane. It's insane. It's not good for you. You know, this is going to have to be your cheat day. But you can go down there, get some good ribs, have a good time with it. Brian, they actually uh, got the best burger award from a hamburger for a burger that wasn't even a burger. That's how good it was there. But you're going to need something tasty to pair with it. So the Terrapin Taproom's got you covered, man. They're going to have classics on there, like like their Crunkles. They're going to have their new Mexican lager on there. Los Bravos are not new, but their Mexican lager on their Los Bravos. Oh, yeah. And they're always tapping something new there, Brian. For example, on Saturday, August 19th, Triple Buzz is coming out. We mentioned this last week. Want to make sure you don't miss it. Triple Buzz. It's a Belgian triple brood in collaboration with a former Braves player and now a television broadcaster, Peter Moylan. It's bright. They say it's effervescent. A Belgian L with a sharp sting at 9.3% ABV. That beer brings some sweetness to it with locally sourced honey, from Grant Boy's Honey. And if you don't know this, Peter Moylan has one of their hives at his house that he cares for. He has an his own beehive there. So an apiary there. So yes. the very following week, Brian, go down there, get that uh, get that Belgian triple, try it out. Come back the next weekend, Brian, because there's going to be a beer festival and we will be there. It's live at the Battery Atlanta and Terrapin Beer Company is sponsoring this beer fest. There's going to be over 100 beers. There's going to be local vendors, art markets, bites around everything it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be the debut brian of our new festival tent so we're excited about that we've got a very fancy festival tent that we're going to bring out there and show off so come around we're trying to get spike from terrapin to come join us on the show spike's a world traveler now you know so it's Mm -hmm. hard to nail him down but we're trying to get spike nailed down otherwise we're going to talk to some of the other great guys there mark or chad at the terrapin tap room are always a blast to talk with so come down join us it's going to be a good time and if you follow Spike on social media, harass him to make him come down. I'm just That's kidding. right. Don't Everybody that. go that. to Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and tell Spike to join the beer guys at the festival. Let him know that you want to hear from him. He's crazy. What was this socks that he was wearing over at uh, the Bold Monk Fest? Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle socks, I, I think, think so. Just, yeah, I think so. I just I just liked his tip was like, just know Spike. Just, just know, know me. Spike. We just all know, know Spike. Yeah. See, that's why he needs to be there. That's just how you handle a beer fest. Just know Spike. There's no that's spike. the beer festival tip. No Spike. Friends of Spike. <laughs> friends there. of Spike. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, there's struggles all around the world for beer, but Guinness has some surprising news for us, right? That is that is correct. In in, in a sharp contrast to the earlier uh, Germany situation where all of their domestic sales are really tanking. Diageo is saying, Diageo being the owner of Guinness these days, uh, Guinness posted its best year globally. Its net sales grew by 9% in all regions and driven strongly by performance in Great Britain, Ireland, North North America, and Africa. I did not realize Africa was such a big player in Guinness, but Africa apparently for Guinness is huge. Um, what's interesting is that Diageo's overall net sales were weighed down by a decline in Smirnoff flavored malt beverages or FMBs, as we like to call them. In recent times, it's usually been the other way around. Older beer brands are typically being buoyed up, supported by newer non non beer beverages, you know, seltzers and the the various fermented malt beverages and RTD cocktails. But no, it's the other way around. Uh, Guinness is actually uh, 
getting pulled back down by Smirnoff beverages, which interesting. I would have never expected that. What was have you, have you guys well, had any of this Smirnoff stuff recently? Oh, I mean, God, not since college. No. No. That's what I was thinking. That's old stuff, isn't it? They're not the new trendy FMBs. Are we talking like Smirnoff Ice type stuff here, Brian? Yeah, I think so. I, I yeah, looked at their, okay. uh, their website the other day and I was looking and they have a lot of different Smirnoff categories, like way more than I ever expected. But it did look like, yeah, this is stuff that. I think we drank maybe in the 90s or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I remember drinking a lot of Smirnoff Ice in college. You throw your... I mean, granted, they didn't have Zima back in my day when I was in college, so you had the Smirnoff Ice and you would drop your Jolly Ranchers and whatnot into it then, but... Man, you, did Jolly Ranchers, you did Jolly Ranchers in the Smirnoff, too. Yeah, like, you made me like feel old okay. now, Brian. Yeah, you can't feel too old. I remember the Zima <laughs> phase of it, so at least yeah. you were ahead of that. So I, I remember that as well. So uh, when was the last time you guys actually had Guinness, though, since apparently Guinness is doing gangbusters? Is that is that a uh, Pat, St. Patty's Day thing for you I or say, like I three weeks ago? Maybe this okay. year. Like that's always been kind of my go to is Guinness because, OK, Guinness is a low calorie beer. That's a good one to yeah. drink. So we're just talking yeah. about, you know, like working out and calories and food and what blah, 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 blah. Guinness is a good one, but it's not my go to these days. Okay, that yeah. is. I mean, I that, had. Go ahead. I had Guinness last week. Uh, there's a spot in downtown Smyrna that I get Guinness all the time at, and uh, Guinness is a everyday staple at our house. We try to keep it on uh, on hand here just to have because it's it's easy drinking. You don't have to think about it. That's a fair point. It's a fair I, point. I'd say probably a good. I always go out and get it on St. Patty's Day. I like going to Irish pubs to eat. And anytime I go to an Irish pub, I got to get a Guinness. So, so that definitely increases my Guinness consumption throughout the year is that, I don't know. I probably hit an Irish pub every two, three months. So there's four or five times. If you remember, Brian, when we got together at Small's house a few weeks ago, we had a Guinness in the mix there. So mm -hmm. there was some Guinness. Yeah. And I, I asked if you could chug a Guinness and nobody could answer yeah. that question. <laughs> That's it. Shotgun one, right? Yeah, because huh. we still need to try that out. Get that widget just shooting it in yeah. there for you. <laughs> Straight injection. <laughs> that does seem uh, that seems seems dangerous. It's like drinking a, mi a milk pour, you know, while Shotgun it's Shotgun in the forming. milk pour. Yeah. Well, I, I you're meant like... to drink this really fast, but that's already kind of settled into a wet foam. Uh -huh. That's actively gassing. So I'm thinking it may. Would continue erupting in your stomach, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I feel like shotgunning a Guinness is kind of like trying to do the gallon challenge. There's only one outcome here, and it's not pretty. The, oh, hold on. Just the get gallon it on camera. Challenge? I don't. So, no, okay, you're going to have to explain that to me. Well, what's the Where you try to challenge? chug a gallon of milk in one sitting. Okay. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Maybe Borg. I could see because trying to kids are dumb Borg, and they do dumb but... things. So are you saying that that shotgun in the Guinness would basically just bring it right back out? Is that is that what you're implying here? I okay. feel like it. Yeah. Okay. You see how much right. that that cascading foam. I think. Yeah. Your body can only take so much of it. So I'm gonna say something gross here. So I'm gonna say use your skip button on your podcast player if you don't want to hear this. But uh, back in my early 20s, we were sitting around drinking and i had a buddy who'd had a lot a lot of beer and we call them double deuces but the 22 ounce bottles this was back you know macro drinking that but double deuce 40 ounces that well this guy had a double deuce of bud light and he turned it up and did the bottle swirl thing where it would shotgun down in there 
Oh, and yeah. so he he did that. And I'm telling you all, he was five sheets to the wind when he did this. And he swirls that bottle and shotguns that beer probably five seconds for the whole 22 ounces. And he stands there and he mumbles something ir- incoherent. And I'm telling you, y'all, like a water fountain, that whole 22 ounces just came <laughs> like he had a water hose coming. It just it just it just returned to sender there. So. <laughs> So we how now was he afterwards? Was he's like, all right, let's oh, go together? Was, was, no, was no, he no, out? no. He was. I believe he literally fell to the ground. So <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I think that. Uh, I think that that was. That was kind of the harbinger when that came up. That was letting us know that the pressure was being released and that that uh, that was deflated. He was deflated there. Yeah, I just think that the 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 level of carbonation involved with that, and he, I, that's why I'm I'm terrible, terrible at chugging beer. Uh, the, the carbonation always messes with me. I, I don't know physiologically if I'm ill-equipped to, to handle it. I just I feel like it foams up everywhere. Even if I try to drink normally but fast, it's just like, oh, oh, my gosh, I have so much gas in me now. I need a minute. So, I well, the. If you pour it right, you can off gas a lot, but that doesn't stop yeah. at 100 percent. And I, I typically try not to drink my beers too fast, but. Every now and then you're thirsty, it's hot and that. The, the bad thing is, is man, it really gashes you up. I mean, you, you know, you'll just get so bloated from it. It's like you said, it's not the liquid. It's that you pour, it's like throwing an Alka-Seltzer into your stomach, you know? So I'm sorry, I think this it, is I think making it, me laugh because you all sound like a bunch of women like, oh my God, I'm so gassy. I don't want anybody to see I am. <laughs> oh no. I do declare. I don't Let care it if go. they see it. I'm just thinking of the discomfort and the... And, the, and that's why I'm yeah. a beer guy. Just let it go. Yeah. Just you know how you get that burp where the carbonation goes through your nostrils and burns your <laughs> nostrils when you drink too fast? Get one of those. So I think the people that like to do the chugs of, uh, I see people doing like, it, 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 it's edgy or whatever. Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to chug this Imperial Stout. I'm going to chug this, this, uh, this smoothie sour. Here's the thing. Yes, higher gravity and some of them are really sugary and all that, but a lot of those are lower carbonation. So it's actually less physically taxing to do in terms of the carbonation. So it's actually smart. I'm like, oh, yeah, your lager. That's just for wusses. I'm going to I don't know that I'd call that smart. I, I need to interject that right now, Ryan. I don't know that if I'd use the term. That's smart. I don't think I'd use it in that context. Uh, you, perhaps not. But if you're comparing it like the mechanics of chugging, the smart choice is to go with the one that has the lower the lower carbonation. So you get one of those really, really motor oily uh, stouts that with very little carbonation left in it. And you don't care because the flavor is good. And that's what you go with your chug. Now, yeah, it'll put you right on the floor almost immediately. but at the same time, you won't be a complete mess. Maybe, eh, maybe not. Oh, no, I don't you know. Are. <laughs> so the good folks at Primitive Beer, Brian, sent us a one and a half liter box of a still lambic. What about chugging uh, one and a half liters of uh, a lambic? Oh my goodness! Still. No, All no, right. right? It's still. So there's no the carbonation yeah. issue is it? And All that right. had a little spout like a box wine. You could just go to yeah. town there. How, you know what? I, I guess if you got your breathing down right, because that spout wouldn't pour fast enough. I think you really want to do that swirl to get it flying down, or just chug, open the bag. Chug open mechanics bag, here, yeah, yeah. Open. Puncture the top of the bag, open it up, and let it fly. I. Mm-hmm. So my problem with something like that is it possible? Yes. Like, is it? Would it be ideal? No, because like your stomach would just be just torn up by that. It's I'd hate to smart, waste Brian. something like that. I just I want to taste it. 
the problem with chugging stuff, chug something that you don't really care about tasting or you have plenty of. Something like like that, a good lambic, a really good lambic. I don't want to chug that. I want to taste it. I want to sip it for a long period of time. That's Sipping. that's the hardest Sipping. part so of it. So taste yeah. it eventually, and then you're going to chug it for the socials. That's what you're doing. Chug oh, it for the okay. socials. Do it for the gram. Yes. Brian, Hashtag. what tin seafood would pair best with chugging one and a half liters of Glue Creek? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, octopus because I've seen that it because that's off the wall, and I'm just pulpo. going to assume that that would yeah. be pulpo. Yeah, let's go with that because okay. that that's it, it, when you're it, when you're pairing. I want to like for like weird with weird chugging, uh, like f- still uh, creek or lambic, and uh, you know octopus. Those are like for like. They're both odd. So I there think we go. go with that yeah, y'all. That's it. Creek. And octopus, Brian's suggestion. If you try it, let yep. us know. You know what? If anybody out there is into 10 fish and you have recommendations, let us know because we're in our exploratory phase right now. Mm. And I think we may have to hit Capella cheese and get some cheese. They actually have some 10 fish there. Mm-hmm. So we oh, get fish and okay. 10 seafood yeah, and, and all the accoutrement and stuff like that. And we can find out on our own what beer is going to pair best with them. But Y'all, I think that is a good note to end on today. Smalls, good to see you as always. And uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to have more next week, so make sure to come and join us. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We're on all the socials. We're even on TikTok now. That Smalls is running our TikTok. We are even on TikTok. So if you're a TikToker, look for Beer Guys Radio 1. We don't want to talk about why we had to get that username, but everything else, we are Beer Guys Radio. So y'all, Thanks for tuning in. Have an absolutely amazing week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. <laughs>